Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. And we are on episode 200. 200 episodes. This is where Garrett puts in uh, firework music <laughs> and booms and things in post. You know, cele- celebratory. Or we just let, you know, the fireworks of the Flash, you know, it, it command <laughs> the episode instead of... Uh, Resorting to hijinks and activities or whatever to distract people. It, it probably would be better if we just talked about how great it is to do 200 episodes versus uh, The Flash, but wow. I'm sure we'll actually wow. digress into talking about this movie. For for the 200th episode, we are jumping into our fourth multiverse movie of of the year, something like that. Mm, yeah. And just fourth multiverse movie of the year from a comic standpoint. Because yeah, I, mean, I think everything everywhere was last year, but and we didn't even cover that. It just feels like the multiverse is everywhere. It's I, it's amazing it to me how quickly it, a concept is getting played out. I'm not sure when the last time this happened was. Well, I mean, disaster movies. Yeah, they seem like they come and go, right? Like, and, and there's like like always a couple that are right paired, like Dante's Peak, Volcano, and then you know you'll go a little bit and then you'll get like a what uh a 2012 and a day after tomorrow or something like that i know those are a little bit farther in between but i mean yes there there are carbon copies but my god we are we are in the thick of the multiverse stuff right now it was how, how many uh national monuments can we show being destroyed <laughs> in different ways like that, yeah. that's that's kind of the kick we were on for a while yep that's just and it's all roland emmerich it's all it's, <laughs> it's his his bag that he does so yeah so obviously we are talking the flash today um, man, I, I, um, I didn't, I was kind of going into this one with some expectations and hopes. Uh, you kind of stayed like pretty trailer free on this one, didn't you? I did. I saw the teaser trailer, which apparently lied to me. Um, and I never, I didn't see any of the other trailers, which I'm glad I didn't because I saw them post and I feel like it gave away a lot, See, uh, a I, whole lot. I kept seeing the main trailer. That was unavoidable, but I didn't really feel like it gave much away. But I mean, we can talk about that later on because I I don't feel like I mean, I had a general sense of the movie, but surprisingly I didn't feel like it spoiled a whole lot for me. All I knew was Michael Keaton was in it and there's multiple berries. And what I saw was three berries in the teaser, which they, they that wasn't even the case. Yeah, I didn't see three Ezras. I didn't see three Ezras, and and yeah, I mean that was basically my my takeaway. I mean, other than, um, I mean this is in the trailer, so I think we can talk about it. But I mean, they they made it clear Zod was. Yeah, I didn't. Back. I didn't know Zod w- was part of it. Um, yeah, I knew Supergirl was in it, but I'd not seen any of her scenes. Mm. Um, and it seemed like a lot of the, a lot of the cool stuff. Oh, and even the the new trailer showed a, uh, a Batfleck in it, and so. Uh, jumping out of the out of the plane on his on his bike. Yeah, I think that was in the in the trailer, the the one that I saw. But I mean, again, like 
Yeah. I don't know and, how I don't know how much you can expect to be spoiled on a multiverse movie when I mean that that's sort of the expectation I guess a little bit is that they're going to be bringing in all these different characters so I mean yeah you want to kind of be somewhat surprised at that stuff but it's not like the end of the world well but you you kind of hear things like oh maybe Ben Affleck's going to make an appearance but you don't know sure it's going to happen unless it's just right there in front of you in the <laughs> in the trailer and so but no I saw this uh, two weeks before opening week. And then you saw opening week, and now we're a week after that. So I'm mm-hmm. almost a whole whole month from from viewing this. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to remember uh, everything that I wanted to cover. But, uh, but yeah, yeah so. y- you may have to lead the way because I I don't know how much I cared to retain much of the Flash as I was going through it. So um, that might be <laughs> and see. And I feel like, uh, and I know you say you try to keep an open mind with this. Uh, I don't think you did. I think you came in just ready ready to hate it. No, and uh, and, and, so, and I've, I, I've, I I've told you this. You want a, you want a good finale. Uh, all you to, all you have yeah. to do is go back and listen to like each of the last podcasts where we talked about the Flash. I was very clear what I wanted to have happen. I wanted this movie to be great, so that then DC would have to scrap it all. It's like they finally get it all right with a really great, really cool Flash multiverse movie with Michael Keaton, and everybody's all amped up about it. And then you have to shut it all down. Like that was my dream scenario. Yeah. So I really wanted this movie to be good. Yeah, to shut it all down to start James Gunn's run of stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Say, so yeah. that that's it, it. May not be for the right reasons, but I was absolutely rooting for this movie to be good, um, just for the sheer spectacle of it. I mean, especially after Black Adam was not good and Shazam Two was really not good. I just thought, oh man, how fitting would it be that they finally get something in the Snyderverse that is well, you know, that originated in the Snyderverse. Um, that they get something finally, finally right, and then have to walk all the way away from it. God, it would have been so great. So we're we're a little removed than we usually are. So we can actually see box office numbers, and they are not overly great. And I think those previous movies, Black Adam and sure. Shazam Two, uh, have a whole lot to deal with it. I think if this was just in a regular run of decent superhero movies, it would have it would have been fine. Uh, oh well, sure. Office, I, I, box office wise, it's not a it's not a bad movie. Um, it, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. Uh, but when you, you when you need DC to hit because the rest of them been so bad, yeah, it uh, it didn't do that. But right. it's not bad. I think. Well, I disagree. Uh, I think that your point about the box office, though, yeah, it's a hundred percent impacted by two main things. Well, I, I guess I'd say three. One, I think the general public is really aware of the sloppiness of DC. Like, it, and I will say, like, clearly DC doesn't have the pop culture brand recognition as Marvel. Like, I, I think there's some people in the general public that just still don't understand that Superman and Batman aren't in Marvel, right? Like, sure, yeah. Um, but everybody associates comic book movies with Marvel now, so they've got a massive leg up on DC. Two, um, I think yes, to your point, the timing is terrible. Had Flash been released. Uh, Justice League-ish round there, like maybe even before mm-hmm. Justice League, because not a lot of people like Justice League either, then perhaps it does better at the box office because people aren't as exhausted, worn down, whatever. And then three, I mean, it's been very public if you follow movie news or whatever, like that James Gunn is restarting everything and Henry Cavill's out and all these people are out. So like they haven't, they didn't hold that news back. So then I think there's some level of even the people that might be in tune with it might just be like, well, what's the point? Why do I want to go watch this if we know it's all coming to an end anyways? 
Yeah, and you get the people that are saying, oh, I have superhero f- fatigue, but it's it's not that. It's just you have, you go from Wonder Woman 2 to mm-hmm. what, Black Adam to Shazam 2. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you had the Justice League Snyder version in there. Sure. Uh, but that doesn't really count as a, a box office to me. Am I missing one? I feel like there is something else in there. Oh, uh, The Suicide Squad, I guess. Right, and I don't remember when Harley Quinn's timing was. And And, and those just aren't. Like the the first three that I named are just, are bad. Like they're not even okay movies. They're bad. Mm-hmm. The other two are are okay movies. But you say, oh, I'm just getting tired of superhero movies. You're just getting tired of bad movies. Like that's not. Sure. I don't think it's necessarily well, that they're superheroes, but they're they're bad. I do think superhero fatigue is real, and I think it applies to more than just bad movies. I think it applies to formulaic movies, mm-hmm. movies that aren't doing enough to separate themselves. And even if a superhero movie is good slash fine slash average i think that wears on people because it's like after yeah. you've seen 35 of these it doesn't have to be bad to be to be fatiguing it's just like even average at this point feels bad because i would i i think the counterpoint to superhero fatigue is joker did really well the batman did really well it was all those are really well received but those are very drastically different takes on comic book movies than the norm but, and I brought this up to you earlier this week. It was a uh, – DC has literally hundreds of characters to pull from. Mm-hmm. And we're like on our 15th Batman. Well, like, like, do we, do we've we, talked about that we too, this, though. That we're, only, we're only hitting these four characters like over right. and over and over but again. But I like, feel like it's because the top of DC is probably better than the top of Marvel. But Marvel just has oh, yeah. so much more depth than well, – uh, and depth of like – quality characters like i feel like dc just kind of falls off a cliff after your main crew whereas marvel's done a good job of bringing out some of the other guns that are interesting well and dc has interesting people and interesting characters they just don't put them in in the front like avengers was one of the worst selling books and iron man come he was just another guy Mm -hmm. before that that took off you know like dc had the most recognizable characters. They had mm-hmm. Batman flat. Everybody knew who these Wonder Woman knew who these people were, whether they liked them or not, but they knew who they were and they just mm-hmm. crapped on all these. But Marvel decided to let's take some some obscure groups, people, let's make good character movies. Mm-hmm. And and now they're everybody knows who Thor is now. Right. You know, I wouldn't say people knew who Thor <laughs> Thor was sure. as a comic book character before before all this yeah Um, but that's the that's the beauty of marvel striking first right like they yeah they 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 got their doctor strange job before (laughs) dr fate got out you know yeah we talked about that on the blackout they they got all these they got them out fast uh, right and and there are a lot of duplicate characters yeah Mm -hmm. that's right yeah yeah um all right then so let's dive into the flash a little bit let me get the the normal stuff out of the way and then we'll get going. Um, when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future, Barry Allen becomes trapped in a reality in which General Zod has returned and there are no superheroes to turn to. In order to save the world that he is in and return to the future that he knows, Barry's only hope is to race for his life. But will making the ultimate sacrifice be enough to reset the universe? Directed by Andy Muschietti, who did IT, IT oh my God, who did IT parts one and two, <laughs> and then Mama, and is now also attached to Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, and the cast is Ezra Miller, Sasha Cali, Michael Keaton, Michael Shannon, Ron Livingston, Maribel Verdu, and Kiersey Clemens. 
can I, uh, can you tell that Garrett does IT for a living? And so <laughs> he, he, he goes IT yeah. over it. Well, uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's because I capitalized both I and T when I wrote my notes down to do this. So then I just instinctively went with the uh, acronym. But that is uh, that's the flash. Yeah. So, so that's the, the the gist of it. Is not only is it a multiverse, but they're also dealing with time travel, mm-hmm. you know, in one movie. And so that's that's difficult to pull off both. You know, th- those are two very big concepts, and they introduced a new way of how the multiverse works mm-hmm. to fit their um, kind of their narrative here. Sure. So that, and so I don't, I don't know how you feel about the the noodles. I don't. I mean, I I will tell you when the scene got to the point where uh, the multiverse and time travel is being explained. I just kind of audibly groaned because it now feels like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this exact scene in a movie. I'm getting a little tired of you know having to have some kind of explanation about it, which I know you have to set the parameters. And when you're doing time travel multiverse, you have to give the audience something. But it's just. It's like, oh my god, okay, we, we've seen a, an, ex, an explanation for time travel before. Like, essentially, this was almost the exact same scene from Endgame where they're explaining time travel to them. Uh, no, uh, I disagree because Batman changed who Batman was. Like, it's a is Michael Keaton, not Ben Affleck. Like, well, why? And so, so they they come. I'm with saying, different I'm saying the are... way in which it's presented. Right, you got some character. Like literally saying what you've seen in the movies is not right. Like that happened in both movies. And then you go on to explain through exposition exactly what the time travel rules are for this world. That is the exact same in like several different movies now. Well, I feel like that's necessary to, to, if you're you're just basing it off Avengers, then this movie wouldn't have worked. Well, sure, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm getting, and it goes back to the multiverse comment you made earlier about everybody doing multiverse stuff now. Like, we have to have an explanation for how this all works, whether it's No Way Home, whether it's Endgame, whether it's Spider-Verse, whether it's this, like, it's just this subject is getting fatigued, and the manner in which it's presented was just sort of like, okay, yeah, I've seen this scene several times now. I feel like that's a that's a nitpick, because you... It probably you, is, you, but it you, jumps you out. Need, you need that to... to to understand their version of it. Of, well, I, not, I agree. It's not the branching of it. It's the... Yeah, you idea. have to have it. But at yeah. the same time, like, you're literally just going to have a character sit here and say, like, Michael Keaton says, like, the movies you've seen, blah, 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 which is exactly what is said in Endgame. And then go on to... It's just... Like, find a different way. I don't know what it is, but if you're going to be the last one to the multiverse ride, do it a little bit different instead of just taking the same approach that everybody else had. Well, then that would have made sense is the movies you've seen up to now are wrong. You know, because yeah. you've seen all, so that's, that's perfect for him to do. Uh, but so, if you liked, if you like Ezra Miller um, as an actor and not getting into his personal stuff, um, then this, I feel like this is a movie for you. If you find him irritating, uh, you get double doses of him, yeah. and it's and it's all him. So I could see people uh, not enjoying this if you're because he, he's a lot. You know, he's a fast talking right. and and. That's just kind of annoying personality, you know. As yeah. is the, as is the Flash, so it actually kind of rings true to the character. But uh, when he's the only one, the main character, and there's mm-hmm. two of them, it uh, it could grate on some people. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I think of Ezra Miller, the actor, because I truthfully sitting here cannot remember any other movie that he's in. Uh, I, I've sh- not seen him in anything else. So this I, I'm sure thing. I've seen him in stuff, but I'm I guess I'm just trying to make it clear that like I know what happened outside of the movies um 
but I don't I, I don't really I truthfully sitting here talking to you right now cannot think of another Ezra Miller role. So I'm not really going to say that he was a bad actor. They clearly wrote the Flash here to be a certain way, like hyperactive, constantly chattering, neurotic, whatever. Um, and I think that character in that the way it was done worked fine in Justice League and worked fine mm-hmm. in uh, wherever else he showed up. Why can't I remember? I guess he would have showed up in Batman for Superman for just a slight bit. Um, like th- it works like that, right? It's like a somewhat neurotic comedic fodder as relating to stoic Batman and uptight Superman and like you know, Harley God Quinn. Right. Um, but yeah, when you set a whole movie around him and then double down and have two of them, you're just like, dude, it's, uh, this isn't enjoyable. Like the, the constant jokes about the eating and the, just the neurotic and the hyperactivity. Just, I didn't like the, I don't like the character that they've created. Yep, and that and that's that's a fair critique. Because if you don't like that, then it's hard to watch a movie with that person in it. You know, right. if you don't like how the, the main character is. Yeah, uh, and so that's a that, that's a fair fair criticism. Um, it's a it, he was not. In, I mean, he was in Justice League, but it's not somebody that I went and said, "Oh, I'd like to see more of this person in a mm-hmm. IMDb and, and kind of pull up his filmography." Yeah. Like, you know, the first time I saw Jason Momoa, I'm like, "What else is he in?" Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's a uh, He's an awesome Drogo, you know, and so I want to see more of that guy. I just never, never had that with, with Ezra. Uh, right. And so that's, that's probably, uh, did detract the movie from me is that he is kind of an annoying character, but again, he's, that's the flash. So you get, I don't think he did it, the character a disservice. Um, so that's, you kind of give and take, you know what you're getting into. The movie's called the flash and you've seen him before. So he's going to act similar to that right so a lot of this movie uh comes down to um cameos uh, with a staying spoiler free there's a i think the it did like 55 million in the box office i think because of michael keaton i think michael you people got to see michael keaton sure. batman again and that was the showstopper. Well, I don't think there's any question that WB probably had nothing but bad press leading up to this movie. Like if I yeah. if I if DC had been continuing to be successful and Ezra Miller had not been a complete lunatic, I don't know if they would have put Michael Keaton as in the forefront in the marketing as they did. But it's hard to say. We'll never know. But I, part of me thinks that they knew they were in trouble with the last two recent movies. They're trying to build up some hype. Uh, they knew Ezra had been a shithead. So we're pivoting, and the marketing became more about Supergirl to a certain extent, which nobody cares about because, like, who is this? We, you know, we have no attachment. But And Michael Keaton. So I do think it was intentional. I just question whether or not that would have, that would have happened had they not been in such a bind. Yeah, and, and Michael Keaton was in that Bat, uh, Batgirl or Batwoman movie that got scrapped that just mm. totally got scrapped. So he, he was, he had scenes in there. And so you knew he was around doing stuff. So maybe you could kind of tie some things together. Maybe he's in this one too. Yeah. But I, I definitely think you needed him in the marketing. I mean, it'd have been a cool reveal, but I think you, you absolutely needed him in the marketing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I guess, so what do you mean when you say a lot of this movie comes down to cameos? Because there's, there is, there are some, but it's cameo. Well, in different really versions. Matter. So, like you, you brought up Supergirl. This is not the Supergirl that uh, people know. If you're a comic book fan, 
it's not the traditional Supergirl. So we mm-hmm. have a, a different version of her. Uh, and that's obvious from the, the trailer. Uh, and so there's just different pieces of of her. We have Zod back, you know, and kind of, and again, the Michael Keaton. And I, I don't know, I just feel like it was built around playing with cameos. And I can get more into that in the, sp- in the spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that I think people, well, I think people clearly went because they, I think Keaton was a little bit of a draw, but I'm not, I guess I'm not sure that people were going like just to be a cameo spotter, right? Like they, they've now I'm seen sure. a couple different multiverse movies. So they know that these random things are going to pop up, but I'm not sure that DC has enough of a draw for you to really go like care about that. Like, why do I want to see that? Well, this is, this is based on flashpoint and I feel like, um, Flashpoint was a big deal in DC. Like that's again, they were late to the the multiverse party uh, on screen, but they had the the Flashpoint story um, already in the comics, and they came. And so uh, they kind of rushed to Flashpoint. I think they needed to do do something like this for if they want to have any sort of. I know you're in the burn it all down, but for some reason James Gunn wants to hang on to some characters. And so this is kind of the only way that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And so the Flashpoint story, not quite um, what we got. I think the DC cartoon that they do at Flashpoint, it's on HBO Max, is is very, very good. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Um, but here, obviously, they need to deviate, and they did, did some some other things. But uh, I, th- I, I liked the movie, and I liked Supergirl. I think she was the standout for me. Uh, I liked how they introduced her character. I liked her in it. I would have loved to have seen another 30 minutes of her uh, in the movie than uh, than what we got. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think any of what you described is really putting butts in the seats. I don't think people care or have read Flashpoint. I think it's just another comic book movie and they're interested to see where it's going or they've seen all the other DC movies so now they're invested and they're just trying to finish it out but I don't I think Keaton's Batman was a draw but I don't think anybody cares about the Flashpoint storyline I don't think too many people care about the different Supergirl that was in the trailer like I and I think the box office is kind of showing that that there was just a general interest maybe about where this is or I've already seen these other movies so I'll just go see it but then once word of mouth gets around that's not very good people are just like screw it I'll just catch it on Max well, or something and, well we've we've talked about this for now 200 episodes of Marvel used to have the formula of you have to see the next movie to get the next the mm-hmm. one after that. And so they're, they're more can't miss movies that you can see. And then when they kind of deviated of this is over here, you know, you don't necessarily have to see Ant-Man Quantumania to understand what's going to be in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Then they, they started dropping the box office and DC's never really got that. Right. <laughs> you know? And so they started saying, oh, no, there are these own little standalone movies. So if you don't have interest in the Flash character, then you don't need to go see it. It's a, Aquaman. You know, oh, I like Momoa, but, but I can miss Aquaman because it, it doesn't tie into anything else. Right. And so that's, I feel like they are um, a victim of not putting it together. Yeah. No, they, they are. I just, I honestly don't know what the draw is for people to go see this movie other than, it's a summertime movie. Maybe you've seen the other DC stuff. Maybe you wanted to see Keaton. I'm not sure. But I, I don't think there was a ton of draw to go see this movie. And I think the box office bears that out. The first week wasn't even all that good. Now the second week has a massive drop-off. So I think it just 
it probably benefited from being one of the only movies out in these last few weeks that really people would have a reason to go see. Well, and if it's geared towards kids, uh, Spider-Verse is still out there and getting rave reviews. So right. that, couldn't have, that couldn't have helped. No, I, no, no. So but, timing, timing on that, you got to know your calendar, your release calendar there, Warner Brothers, <laughs> before you start to start dropping things in. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know that this movie would have done any better at any other time. This, this feels like what this movie was destined to be—a a fine one week when it's the only kind of movie that's premiering that week, and then a massive fall off because word of mouth gets out that it's not very good and people don't want to go see it or go for more views. So. So clearly right. you're clearly you're raving about it. So what uh, what did you end up getting it? Uh, I don't remember if I gave it a two or a two and a half. Um, I think I I know I said that um, like two point two five felt felt really really right to me. Worse. I give it a two and a half. Okay, um, I, I don't think you give it anything lower than a two and a half. Uh, I I could have given it a two. I the, what. I mean, we haven't really dove into anything here like about the movie, but I let's see, the writing I thought was the only writing I thought was good was some of the setup in the beginning about the emotional stuff with the parents. And I I do understand how they try to tie it in at the end, but um when everything in between is such a mess, like none of that hits. So beside that little bit, I didn't think the writing was very good. Um, the action, I, I wasn't really overly impressed with any of the action. The CGI was at times some of the worst CGI I've seen. Um, okay, in, well, they, in a they've year talked about that, and that's yeah, that's a when they, that's an awful excuse, just a horrible trying to cover your ass excuse. Now, are you, are you saying outside of when he's traveling through time? I'm saying is bad or yes. just or more in the vortex thing. The vortex was the worst, but well, that, but was, that was designed. I think that that wasn't an, an intentional. The it looks that way because that's what I felt when he was. I don't there. care. You can't. I don't. It. Here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> if that was intentional, that guy should be fired and not have another job ever again because it looks worse <laughs> than like PS One cutscenes. It's it's so bad that you have to know that. At some point, oh, this was my vision, and I'm intentionally doing this, but it looks like this on the screen. Absolutely not. Cannot go to production with that. That's that's so bad, I'm going to get laughed out of the theater. And it, that, that's how bad it was. So I didn't like the CGI. I didn't like Ezra Miller's character. Um, I thought the story uh, was super messy in the middle. I thought nothing of substance was really occurring throughout basically the entire middle of the movie. It was just kind of watching... Um, you know, just random fights that I just wasn't really invested in. Um, some of the editing and the way they strung things together, I didn't care for. So in the end, it just created this experience where I just got to the end. I'm like, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't really care much about any of that. It didn't lead to anything. Um, didn't like the writing, didn't like the visuals, didn't like the acting. So what, what is there to like here? So I'm, it's, I'm lucky that I didn't give it a two. I mean, I gave it a two and a half because it just, it, I don't know. I, if I watch it again, I could easily be a two, but I didn't enjoy it. I I don't think there's really much to take away from this movie. I I would never recommend this movie to anybody because I don't I don't know what they would get out of it. I mean, I, I feel like that's a pretty uh, pretty harsh criticism on what we actually got. 
Now, again, I, I still think you came in with a chip on your shoulder, but that's what you're saying that you don't. But I think that has something to do with your rating. Dude, you uh, can't, you can't I, keep saying that when I literally, I, have, I literally have evidence on our podcast of me saying, I want yeah, this to be good. There's what you say and what you feel. I feel like I <laughs> so, know you so well you're gonna, enough. you're going to tell like me how I you, Yeah. I feel like uh, I know you well enough to know that you, you say this we're so not going to like this no when, matter what. When I don't like a movie, you're like, oh, you went into it wanting to hate it. I, I don't want to go. I've made it very clear on the podcast, too. I don't want to go waste my time in movies anymore. So if there's a movie I don't want to see, I'm most likely not going to see it. So I actually wanted to see The Flash, and I wanted to see if it could be good. And I don't want to go waste my time or my money because it cost me seventy dollars to go see the stupid Flash. Like I don't want to <laughs> light my money on fire. I want to have a good time watching this movie. I wanted it to be good, but and it's not like I'm giving it a two or a two and a half, and the whole rest of the world is just raving about it, giving it four and a half stars and five stars. Like I'm pretty sure that its average rating on Letterbox is probably. Let me let's pull it up right now. The average rating right now is a three. So I'm really not that far off by giving it a two and a half. And even a two is not that far off. Like if we were talking about something being a three and a half or a four and I'm down at a two or a two and a half, then clearly I'm an odd duck. But when I look at what's going on out there and we look at the box office, clearly I'm not out of the realm here of being at a two, two and a half. Well, but people on Letterbox are obviously a different subsect of, of I'm people. sure Rotten Tomatoes the, the average is probably audience not. score. Well, yeah. Average, but, I'm saying the average audience score. But Well, sure, but if we go look at Rotten Tomatoes or look at the box office, it's pretty clear that people are not really enjoying this movie. So well, I liked it. So I didn't love it, but I liked it. So I was at uh, I was between three three and a half. I I, I think if I see it again, uh, there's definitely scenes that I'm looking forward to seeing again, uh, which I couldn't say for a lot of movies that we've seen lately. Um, so I'd like to go back and like that was a cool scene. I'd like to go see see that again. So I think I'm closer to three and a half on this. Uh, definitely enjoyed it more than that's than Thor. Uh, I, we we rewatched Thor: Love and Thunder, and it's excruciating. And so uh, I would much I rather watch Thor. To what? I'd much rather watch Thor. Than no, you, have Flash. you seen it again? Have you seen it twice? Uh, yes, I've seen it twice. Oh, uh, the second it's time not, was even it's worse. It's not like a great movie, but Flash is just a waste of my time. No, I see. See, there's there's takeaways for me because I, I feel like there's some some good action scenes. There's things that I, w- I would like to them to extend, uh, and I'm about to talk about those in a few minutes here. But there's, uh, I liked seeing uh, Michael Keaton as Batman again. Uh, I like the scenes that they gave him to do uh, that he never actually got to do as as Batman. Uh, there's just a lot that that I enjoyed, uh, and then Supergirl. I thought I loved every scene that she was in. So I, I, I don't I get would. that. Supergirl did absolutely nothing for me. I just, I just simply did not care. Like, I've, I've seen Superman so many times now, and, and everything that she did, I've already seen Superman do. So then it's just a different actress playing Supergirl, and I just don't even care about that character because I know it's a complete throwaway character that they just have in this movie, and it's going nowhere. So what is the difference between what I saw in this versus what was in Man of Steel? Like, absolutely nothing. And Man of Steel was better at it than this one. So... I don't understand well, why this is. I'll, I'll tell you about it here once we jump on the other side. Yeah, I mean, of, of what was different. But again, we're in a cavalless world, so we are now uh, without Henry. So someone needs to take the mantle, and and I'd like to see a movie with her. But, but what I guess what I'm asking, I, and if we need to talk about this after the jump, then we can. But like, I don't know what the Supergirl scenes brought to the table that we haven't seen already. Because to me, well, it's a different. Every, back, it's a di- oh, sorry, it's a different backstory to Superman that we've seen. Well, so but it, different motivations, different 
Uh, it's not even different really, things. Could okay. they have done fleshed it out more? Yes, I would like to see her. Well, they're not going to because it's a. We're not going movie. to, but I would have liked to have in this movie so that. Take, I, but I enjoyed all the scenes and pieces that she was in because she has a different kind of. I just don't see how that moves the needle at all in this movie because, okay, she has a two minute backstory, and then everything else you see is things that have already been done before in Man of Steel that we're just doing them again in this movie. So it's like, why? What? What? Why does that move the needle at all? It's like. So I enjoyed seeing it. And so now we are going to jump to spoilers so we can okay. talk about this stuff. All right, let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. All right, so you wanted to dive let's into start, Let's just start with Supergirl. Okay, so let's start with her. We were just on her. Uh, the the backstory of her um, being contained and trapped, and that's what her life has been since she's been on Earth, and hating humans and willing to just go all laser eyes and, and murder everybody, uh, all the soldiers there. I'm I'm all for that. Anytime you get a, a Superman that or a super being like that that uh, is going to cut loose and and show off the power, like I. I'm sign me up, sign me up. So I enjoyed that scene when we first got introduced to her. I enjoyed the scene where she's uh, the end of battle. Um, I really would have, and I'll get into to this piece. I really would have liked to have seen them do kind of a day after tomorrow, uh, which they kind of started to do, but they they completely backed up. And what I mean by that is, they showed how it didn't work. Then they went back and they showed you know kind of the same scene but differently mm-hmm. of her fighting. You mean the edge of tomorrow? Is that what you yeah, meant? Like I, Tom Cruise said, "Day after tomorrow." The disaster after, movie. We just talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Day, yes. Edge after tomorrow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then a blizzard came. No. Um, <laughs> right. No, the edge of tomorrow, where you, you loop it back of okay, I gotta do it differently this time. I would. They did two of them, and then the rest of them were in the weird vortex thing of showing mm-hmm. them not working. I wish they would have shown at least three, if not more of kind of those trial and error type things Mm -hmm. because i think that was the most interesting part of the movie of of batman sacrificing himself in different ways you know still Mm -hmm. trying to but he still keeps dying and then trying to save supergirl in different ways but learning as you go you know i I really i love that in edge of tomorrow and i would have liked to have seen more of that i thought that would have been a really cool way to to use the time travel and the we're at a vortex how do we you know, still drive that point home of we've tried so many times, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make a difference here, but we just can't, you know, yeah. but I think the the showing of those is the cool part of the movie. Yeah. Which, but, but to your point, they didn't really do it. They did it like twice and they're like, okay, they did it twice, which, yeah. which is good, but um, I wish they would have yeah, expanded on, on that, but it sure. made me want more. So good. But, uh, but I like seeing her at, at the end, like seeing her fight Zod. I liked how, they brought her again. I would like to see more depth in her character and hating humans, but then at least she turned on Zod because Zod killed Kal-El. So that gave her a reason to fight him. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how they were going to switch that over. I, I feel like in hearing you talk about some of this stuff, I feel like part of why you're liking this movie is you're filling in gaps for the movie or like you like this one little thing and you're like, I wish I had more of that. So because but I to, liked that, I wanted to see more. Well, sure, but to me, I see that, and I'm like, okay. I mean, it's again stuff I haven't seen be- or I have seen before already. I felt like the whole 
the the big climactic battle or whatever is just a rehashing of the same battle that we've already seen before from a different perspective. But the way she fights Zod and whatever, it just it all felt like stuff I'd already seen before. It didn't it didn't have me wanting anything more. I just felt like, okay, we're just retreading stuff I've already seen before. So like, let's just move on then. It was very you mean, you uninspiring. Mean re- retreading me. just because you've seen super people fight before is that what well you're the, it's, it's just generic comic book battle stuff it's the same people that we saw in man of steel and superman fighting them so now we're just getting supergirl fighting them and then you're just layering in a little bit of flash running around doing some goofy stuff that's never kind of like fully explained with them touching and releasing energy and zipping all through and they keep jumping into that stupid vortex thing which is again a horrific cgi experience and not even a cool way of showing timelines and branches and different things. Like the concept itself was just stupid. And then it was terribly CGI. So it's like all of that experience just for me added up to be like, I don't care about any of this. None of this is really cool. I've seen so much of this before in terms of this kind of fighting and this kind of battle. And the one thing that is different about it, you're doing horrible CGI and never really did, did it any justice. It felt like, so it just, well, I enjoy Zod. I enjoyed the, the three, the three of them, three Kryptonians that, that are fighting. Well, sure, uh, I, but we I saw that like already. To, yeah, but any more of that, I'm, I'm, sign me up. I'm gonna. Just, I'll Did they do anything fight. different with it though? Like, sure, I, sure. To, I mean, to what degree? I mean, how, what, how much different? Mean? How much different was the the type of fighting that was happening between Zod and the Kryptonians in this movie versus? Uh, Henry Cavill and them in the first movie. It's, so it's she really was doing she was doing the fast fighting, which I appreciate and I enjoy. But okay. okay, so you, so you're you're rolling your eyes, but you take the same thing to to John Wick of it's just oh, it's gunfights, you know. Well, sure, it's but just it, slightly different gunfights. At least it's, oh, we've seen this all before. Slightly different gunfights. I mean, yeah, you're but taking it at such a such a high level I, that you're you're getting down to yes, there's yeah, but be the di- the some difference things that are the same is, of of strength and speed and right a power set they're going to sure use and, power and set. people can think that and that's more but for me i think john wick is like the pinnacle of what it does like it is the gold standard for action choreography in film these days i don't, I don't see, know but so you're not even getting to granule it's still just a guy shooting a guy with guns that's like what you're saying right oh, but we, we've but, seen that but my point is when something is being done at the p- pinnacle of what it can be done at then when you push those boundaries even just a little bit more you're seeing a lot you're seeing a little bit more of really really great top tier stuff that's not the case in man of steel and in dc i'm not seeing the tip top action scenes of comic book movies and stuff that's not what i feel like i'm seeing but like that, that's average not entry level stuff into but it. But you're just saying we've seen these people fight like this before, which is well, yeah. I, I mean, think it's a ge- generic did. comic, and damn you for making me talk bad about John Wick because I love that movie. But I'm just saying that's that's it's just all gunfights, you know, of guys shooting each other with guns. Right. But the difference is the just the gunfights are some of the best choreographed gunfights in all of movie history. <laughs> like that's a drastic difference between the same superhero generic fighting that we've seen in average superhero movies all along. It's not even like this is one of the best comic book fight scenes of all time. And we went back and redid it and added a slight tweak. That would be the more apt comparison. If we were talking about the flash, we're seeing, I don't think anyone's arguing that this was not the best superhero fight scene of all time. I'm not even saying that. Right. But if that, but if that's your standard, 
you know, of what you're going into hoping for. And if it's not that, then it's crap. No, no, no. You're not going to, you're not going to get that. My point is if you're rehashing something that's, that was already just kind of average and you're redoing that again, that's a very different thing than saying I'm at the top tier of my game and I'm redoing that again. Yes, there is repetition. I don't don't think it was kind of average. I I really enjoyed the fight when they fought in Man of Steel of fighting the Kryptonians and the fast fighting and and that that sort of thing. I thought they were fine. I wasn't like blown away by them, but then now we're doing it here and it feels like the same, if not slightly worse. So that's to me, that's why I'm saying it was uninspired. I didn't really think much of that final fight or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, we could say that every, every boxing scene in every movie is all the same because it's all boxing, but there's differences in the way that's filmed. That, That first fight in Creed one is a really great, filmed fight so like if you do that again a little bit yeah you're gonna be like yeah it's a little bit repetitive but damn it's still really good because you're at the top of your game how you film that that's not where these things are at so that's where the comparison between saying it's the same thing if you do the same thing and it's really really awesome okay it's still the same thing that kind of sucks but it's really awesome if you're doing the same thing and it's just mediocre and average like yeah maybe you should have mixed it up a little bit well, I enjoyed it. So those are <laughs> some of my take my takeaway from those fight scenes. I, I would have liked to see more Supergirl. Would have liked to dive into more her more of her character and less of uh, the two berries. Uh, again, the Edge of Tomorrow piece I think would have been really cool to do more than they did. I agree with that. I I feel like I feel like the what do they call it the Speed Force or whatever that little area he goes to to time travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was it really really hurt the movie. It was terribly explained. It was terribly visualized. It was never really cool or exciting when he went into there. The the CGI of the characters was atrocious. So it's like what should have been the coolest part of the movie about being able to come and go to these different timelines, do that stuff, ended up to me being like the weakest part of the movie. And that sucks. And that's that's fair. Uh, it's not a, a good scene anytime that they're in there. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. Like when they would CGI the dad, like it didn't remotely look real. Like I don't. And if that's intentional, because, that's almost again, worse. That was, that's what he's saying is intentional. So I, I think in he's the full speed of, force. That's just how he sees it. I so think he's full of crap. But then, secondly, I think that uh, if if it's intentional, I'm going to say that's almost worse than it being unintentional. Like if it's unintentional, you can just go blame the CGI department and be like, man, they, you know they botched this one. That in the end, it should stop with me. But if like that was my actual vision, and they put pixels to that, and that looks exactly like what I wanted, I'm going to be like, dude, your vision as a director is terrible. So, well, at, on that a few editing issues that I had of mic drops and cameos. I felt were at the worst possible times uh, or needle drop, excuse me, not mic mm. drops. But mm-hmm. uh, so when the two berries, uh, I forgot what song that they, they hit uh, when they decided to go, okay, let's do this together. in the final battle Oh, on the battlefield. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, actually a rack and tours, Jack white song, which I okay. didn't th- th- bother me. <laughs> and so I was, I was like, Oh cool. You know, and they're doing their thing, but then they cut back to Supergirl, who was in a, a more emotional battle, mm. like right in the middle of it, that the music did not like, sure. finish up your fun stuff with the flash, you know, before right. you come, come back to the Zod battle. Cause that, it, that didn't mesh. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, that needle drops right after he makes a joke about Barbie world. Right, he says like I'm a Barbie or uh, come on Barbie, let's go party or whatever, and then they maybe yeah, and then they don't needle drop it to that exact song. So it's like, and, and I think my son had said that he had read an article that they changed that song kind of late in the game, which would make sense because if you're going to say that line, the needle drop cut, should be cut, the Barbie song. Like right, it doesn't cut, make cut sense. That, yeah, yeah. I mean that's not a really good fight song, so I see why he's like, yeah, we're not. Well, sure, but then <laughs> take the yeah. line out. You're right, exactly. And so, like, that, that part of the editing is I feel like you took your emotion away. 
And then same with the cameo of, of your boy, Nick Cage, was in an emotional piece of what Barry's going through. And then you drop Nick Cage in there. And it like, just totally pulls from, like, I'm fine. I'm not overly fine with, with Nick Cage being in the movie, but I'm fine with the cameo. Just the timing of it sucked. Like, yeah, like but I mean, he, where else were they going to do it? Because I, I don't know. Isn't but that right when they did the time? they did the Reeve cameo? They did the sure. George Reeves. And, I mean, they were going through all their cameos right then and there because the worlds were colliding. Emotional time, sure. of what was going on, and then you drop a, a here's my my Nick Cage. Yeah, and, so well, and it wasn't good. It was terrible CGI no. again. Yeah, like God. Sure, sure. But you're in the Speed Force, so well, there you go. Jeez, that's just what happens on there. So those those I I wish. A bad director takes take takes you down an emotional path, but then interrupts it with something stupid like that. And yeah. I, f- I feel like you have to s- keep your scenes separated if you want to go down this cool uh, emotional path. Pull, pull that out, put it over here. You know, right. if you want to get that laugh or you want to get that cheer or whatever. It's just a different time in the movie. Do that. Yeah. Well, and that's why I mentioned earlier is like I feel like. They tried to set up something emotional in the beginning with the parents, and that was his motivation for doing what he did. And they tried to wrap it up at the end, but all that emotion just gets lost in the middle of the movie from all the just generic paint by number chaos to where, like, it's not emotional when it ends. To me, it wasn't. I was like, all right, let's just get this thing over with. Whereas I, I know what they were going for, but the movie just didn't get me there. So you, got, you, you, you jump to the end. So I'm going to go to the end here. Um, this part didn't make sense to me. They fixed the video to where dad looks up and they can mm-hmm. see dad in the video. Mm-hmm. Dad came home right when mom was stabbed. Mm-hmm. Dad could have still been in the video and stabbed mom. Like sure. there's no, the time difference is 30 seconds, 40. Like that doesn't exonerate him at all. Well, I just, cause he happened to be there. <laughs> Well, he I mean, he that, could have come home from the supermarket and then stabbed his wife. Sure, but I think they were trying to accept the fact that the the timing was so that that's his alibi. Like, I, I'm not going to read too much into that. The alibi was that he didn't do it because he was at the store. Okay, I'll take that for yeah, face value. But he's the one who came home and found her, so that's the sure. problem, right? Yeah. If Barry would have found and called the cops and Dad wasn't home, then they I'm got sure it. they left out the part about like you know they could tell from whenever it had happened that she had been stabbed earlier. I don't know. I. Not yeah, going to worry so that, too much about that. That and what if Barry's going back in time and messing with stuff? Just why not go back and see who actually did it? Yeah. Well, so I actually. Point, oh, go ahead. I, I thought they were going to have it be that when they introduced the evil Barry, which was like the future Barry, a uh, dark Re- flash or whatever, or whatever flash and or I, zoom. Yeah, I just I thought natu- that's where they were going to go. Yeah, didn't. I naturally assumed that that was going to be who ended up killing the mom. But well, that's how Flashpoint is. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back in time and kills Flash's mom, mm-hmm. but. So I was wondering where how they're going to do that, but why? You know, if Barry's going to go back and change things, why not just find the actual guy? Then your dad gets out, opposed to right move the move the can to the top. Yeah. So the, those, those. Well, those, I think it was because he 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 moved the can to the top because I think the uh, intention right was that he wanted to course correct some things, but no, nothing major. So like he couldn't correct everything that led up to that moment. But by just correcting his dad looking up at the camera, he kind of expected it would reset his world up until the point where he left because then all that's changing is that one last little bit of evidence change. The mom had still died. Everything in that world would be normal. He just changes it going forward, not changes it from you know, the early. But fi- 
finding the actual killer changes nothing from the past, and he just shows up, and that gets his dad out. Well, yes, but if he finds the actual killer, then he has to present some evidence in the future at the trial to then do it, because he's trying to minimize... Okay. Yeah. I mean, he could have done that, but... That's his job. That's what he does for a living. But this is... Story-wise, this probably plays a little bit better of a... Because you know they put so much around the footage it, and it minimizes it, it, everything else. It plays better because at the end you got George Clooney to show that it was all, it was all messed up. Yeah, which you know. that was stupid. So who? So we we knew that it was going to be a different Batman, right? But I actually not, thought it was Keaton when they were pulling up. So I I Clooney never popped in my mind, and no. I was pretty sure they weren't going to go Val Kilmer. And right. I was like, they're not going to do Bale, right? And yeah. So so uh, I was like. Uh, Pattinson is like that's I don't think like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work, um, but yeah I I didn't get to the Clooney fast enough, but I knew there was going to be obviously a different Batman. Yeah, there. I mean I've read since then they filmed like three different endings for that movie, and then this is the one that they went with. Like the one had I think I read it had Cavill and Gal and Affleck maybe, yeah, and then I think one had Keaton and Supergirl, um, okay, and then they went with the one that had Clooney, which I mean. Again, I don't really understand. Like it, may, it makes the most sense if you're essentially rebooting, but not rebooting. So you keep some of the characters you like, but then it's a new Superman. It's a new. I, but like, I don't that, know. That's the like, only thing that makes sense to me. What, I don't really understand how how the ending does anything. I, I feel like everybody. Well, not everybody. I feel like some of us, including me, thought that this movie would kind of just like reboot everything, but it didn't. It just kind of continues this one new strand now because you can't. You can't have. Ezra Miller's now in this this other universe where George Clooney was Batman, which ties back to the Schumacher Batmans. Um, but you're going to have a brand new Superman. So, like, are we just ending the Flash and he's just over there? But I didn't stay for the post credits. But I guess he talked to Aquaman and he said something Aquaman about Aquaman says that he's always the same wherever he goes. I think just that's only thrown in because Aquaman's movie's coming out. God. So it's but. so it's so messy. I don't know why they didn't take the chance to just burn it down with Flash. Well, my. <laughs> Well, my last my last comment I had was I'm glad they kept it uh, real people only and not introduced cartoons uh, when going through their multiverse because uh, I st- the more we talked about this on the CGI on, <laughs> on in Spider Verse I had a problem with them mixing worlds and I really the more I thought about it after our, we recorded uh, you you ruined Miles because Miles is the the one who is the anomaly and now you can't have a, a live action Miles because there's only one Miles. I'm sure like they'll the find mixing. their way around it if they want to have a live action Miles. Yeah, well, it's dumb, and that's why you keep them separate. But so I'm glad they didn't do any cartoon stuff. They kept it with real people in different multiverses, and and chose to do different actors as Batman and and whatnot. So it opens the door uh, for new new stories, but keep some crappy characters that they're gonna gonna do because James Gunn couldn't keep he wanted to keep his his uh, Suicide Squad together. Yeah, so. That's the only reason why they're going through so many hoops to to make it and not just crush it all and start again. Yeah, I'll be shocked if Aquaman does well. I mean, other than that first little weekend, if there's nothing else out, people will go see it. But I'll be shocked. Has there been a trailer? I haven't even seen it. No, I don't think so. But I'll be shocked if people continue to watch. I mean, this has been such a bad run right now. And again, people are, if you're plugged into movie news, you're going to know that, I mean, maybe he'll be around, but like, is this movie really going to matter to that now? Like, what matters? Help me understand, DC. What matters? No. 
What matters is they allowed Michael Keaton to fight, and so that was cool. <laughs> right. A 78-year-old Batman out there fighting. Yeah, and kicking. High kicking. Yeah. You know? So they gave, they gave him some cool scenes. I, I enjoyed the Batman scenes. They were all right. That's it, like everything about this movie. It, it was... It was all right at best for me, and then when it was bad, it was really bad. Bad Ezra, bad effects, so like maxed out at completely average for me. <laughs> well, it's one that I would watch again uh, at least another time to see what I missed uh, and see some scenes that I was looking for. Um, there's other ones like Shazam I would I never want to witness again. Yeah, this so. is this is maybe a half step above Shazam two for me. So I I don't envision I ever watch Flash again. No reason to ever go back and watch this. <laughs> um, hopefully that's not how we feel about the next Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is also has time travel. Is that what I heard? It's what they're alluding to. So we have some time traveling Indy. Let's. Uh, Are you going to uh, go I back thought... and watch Crystal Skull before this? Uh, yeah, I want to make sure I remember the the monkeys. Yeah, the... I've talked about it, but I don't know if I have the the guts to do it. Or I, not. I feel like that would only benefit Dial of Destiny if I watched Crystal Skull before, because probably. that's so bad that my expectations would have been dropped. Um, that's probably true. So um, I'm interested. I'm uh, get going uh, on Friday. You're going mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Yep. And we'll uh, we'll be back here to see if. Uh, 79-year-old Harrison Ford still whip it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's not going to be about that. I, I feel like I feel like you can get your way around an old guy fighting. Um, but you've got to have a good story. I mean, nobody watches Indy for like the punches. I mean, Harrison Ford's always punched like an old man, right? And, and done a whip <laughs> yeah. and shot a gun. Like he's, It's not really a physical role. I think you could get away hiding his age in the physicality but if you don't write a good story like what happened with crystal skull that, that's where indy goes down like it's well, it has to be my, my biggest issue with crystal skull is you have already in the previous movies proved that god exists you know right. you have the ark of the covenant and, mm-hmm. and you have the holy, holy grail. grail yeah and then you go to aliens right like and don't tie it to anything else that we just seems that franchise to totally and i don't know if this one's tied to religious themes or just I just time travel yep. so so we're on pins and needles can't wait all right all right well thank you everybody for listening carson where can they find you on twitter at carson graff g-r-a-f-f you can find me at two views garrett g-a-r-r-e-t-t you can find the show on twitter facebook and instagram at at two views movies or you can email us at two views movies at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. And like we said, we will be back soon with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!